Welcome to the Men Matter Focus on Friends, the Director's Cut. On the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast, we give a fast five questions to organizations and resources that are particularly helpful to the spiritual man. Here, we go a little deeper with our guests and for you, the listener, more information and a better understanding of their mission. And now for the Focus on Friend Director's Cut. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. Men Matters, and this is not our usual Men Matter feature. Normally, when we do this, we look at a mission or a ministry serving men, but nonetheless, today, we've got a topic dictated by the times, and we think it's particularly relevant because faith is caught up and been caught up in decisions men face regarding their health and the health of their families. So I am, inter- I am joined today by Mr. Steve Titch, our producer and commonly referred to as a gambler, a professional policy writer. My name is Robert Koshu. I'm one of the Man Up panelists, and I am often referred to as the professor from, cor- from a corporate training perspective. And so we're going to talk about risk and reward and return on investment and well, something from the training world I like to throw out there called return on expectations, because a lot of times you can't measure financially some things what you're getting. So we're going to kind of talk about that and how our faith should play into risk. And we're going to do that by first talking about um, kind of some COVID-19 vaccines, masks, all of those things that have really been a big discussion point in, in not only the culture, but probably in your children's schools, in your community, and maybe even in your church. But before we do that, I do want to put out there just so everyone is aware that we are not anti-vax. We are not those anti-guys. We are not anybody that believes COVID is a false or a fake or part of the flu or anything like that. We thoroughly believe that COVID is a real disease. That's a new novel coronavirus Typically, it is novel coronavirus, SARS-2-CoV is how it is technically referred to in the literature. COVID is the actual disease that you get if you have infection from the virus. And I just want to throw out just that both of us have been vaccinated. We kind of follow the protocols where we have to and where we need to. I'm going to actually be in Salt Lake City at a national convention next week, and I'm actually going to follow the protocols, they're requesting masking, so I'm going to mask up because I have chosen to go to an event where masking is required, so I'm going to do that. Just wanted to put that out there because I wanted everybody to know that Steve and I do take this issue seriously, but there is some risk-reward conversations that need to occur regarding this, and so with that, I'm going to let Steve kick off, and we'll have a little bit of give and take, and then we'll kind of come back and forth with it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Thanks, Robert. It's very curious. I, I don't know what to make of it. A lot of people don't know what to make of it. But the polling shows that white evangelical Christians seem to have an issue with vaccination. Uh, now, this is a bit old. This is probably about a month old. But I'm going back to an article out of uh, Quillette, which pulled some of this data. So this is the article is from mid-August. And it showed about 58% of white evangelicals had either had, you know, had at least one vaccination and 22% said, 
said they were not going to get vaccinated. And that was pretty, that was on the lower end. Um, interesting enough, because we're men matter, 61% of those who said they were men said they had only had at least one vaccination, while 17% said they weren't going to get any. And so there seems to be a divide. There's also a kind of a Democrat-Republican divide. I'm going to start by saying science and math are not at war with Christianity. Math and science are a manifestation of the creation and its order. And to ignore it, I think in part is to turn your back on some of the aspects of creation. I don't understand why people do that. So I'm, I'm emphatic about that. There is, there is ample evidence. There's more than ample evidence that going unvaccinated from COVID is going, you're, you're going to increase your likelihood in great, in, in greatly of getting, becoming ill and perhaps dying where maybe now as we're, we're, we're recording this at, on August 27th, I see some reports. There was the sad report of the mother and father who died by Knox being vaccinated and they were Christian and they were adamantly and vocally opposed to it. The mother's dying wish was please vaccinate my children. Uh, we had here in Texas, a case of, of a of a 45 year old he was a, he was a, actually he was a republican party activist again there's this there's this political aspect that can't be denied well he was basically very publicly saying mat, you know requiring mass and vaccination he equated that with nazism and he you know had mask had a mask burning party or however you want to call it unfortunately he ended up dying of covid and left behind a wife and children, young children. Um, we, we Christians, certainly most of us place a strong emphasis on family values. Staying alive so you can provide for your family, I think is one of the better examples of family values. So uh, let's start with that, but let's also talk about some of the um, the aspects of it, and 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 some there are there are people who just you know aren't necessarily anti-science yet they're they are, they're skeptical about vaccinations. They're skeptical about masks. I think to some extent, anti-vax and anti-masks are conflated. I'm I'm definitely think everyone should be vaccinated. I think it's the smartest thing to do. I think it's the best thing to do for your family and your community. Masks, I, I, you know, I, I, I think the idea is once you're vaccinated, I mean, the science, the, again, the same science shows that once you're vaccinated, your likelihood of getting, uh, is getting sick. You may, you may test positive, but you may be asymptomatic. Your likelihood of getting sick and, and, and fatally sick drops tremendously. Uh, kind of where we are in the mass debate is almost a brotherhood question. Um, and I know it's, it's somewhat frustrating because you're being asked to put on a mask after you did the right thing while you're really protecting the unmasked. And I'm going to put an asterisk next to that. If you have children in your family who, have, who cannot get vaccinated because the vaccination really isn't recommended for those under 16, that's a different story. And that means the schools are a different story. So let's let's get that out of the way there. There, there, there we are. We can and we can talk about there. I mean, there's a lot of 
probability uh, in the works. And we can talk about that. And, and again, I guess the next step is to talk a little bit about the aspect that people really don't understand and process probability questions uh, as easily as they do other things. And that's a very human thing. So uh, I'll, I'll kick it back to you. Yeah. So, so it, and it's one of those, because I've been saying from day one, and this has kind of been my thing, because every time I watched the news, I kept caring about, well, the number of cases are going up. The cases are going up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cases don't matter. I've always said from the beginning, the three numbers that matter are the number of active cases. Who is in the community at this point? that is actively tested positive for COVID and their case has not been resolved one way or the other way, death or they've recovered. So they're testing negative because that tells me specifically how much COVID is in the neighborhood. In other words, if we have 500 million cases in the United States and three active COVID cases, people have been diagnosed with COVID, currently sick with COVID, that falls into the who cares category. Because there's three people in the United States that have it. But once again, this is where you got to pay attention a little bit. And I would encourage you dig a little beyond the numbers, because if you hear 500 million cases, your first thought is, oh, my God, lock me, lock myself up, keep myself back. You know, and then this, the other two numbers that matter, and I won't spend much time discussing them, are hospital occupancy, bed occupancy, in particular, ICU occupancy. Because that's a, what, what's referred to in the industry as a utilization issue, meaning that if I don't have capacity for something, I can't use it. And then the third one is deaths. And deaths matter on two reasons. And the easiest one to put is that deaths matter because that tells us how deadly this disease is. You know, is it 15% of the people that catch COVID die? By the way, it's still less than 1%. And that varies dramatically by age, like hugely dramatically by age. Um, And then more importantly, it's a human life that died. And so one of the things I would encourage people as we kind of talk through and work through this is look a little beyond the numbers as you're thinking through. So I, I mentioned huge differences in deaths. So in Fort Bend County, the last time I looked, we had 771 deaths approximately 45% of those deaths are in people 70 or older with another 20 to 30% of those being in the 50 to 60 or 60 to 70 range. So we're talking, and then of the 771 deaths and granted, I have not looked. And if you are a pod, if you are a listener to our podcast or you hear this one and this happens to be your child, I cannot even go there and express my, sympathy, empathy, and everything else involved there. But there has been one of the 771 deaths in our county, one of them has been a child. And and part of what, and part of the reason Steve and I started talking about this is, is there, there was a humongous push early on in our county and across the nation to keep every school locked down and in virtual learning without masks, didn't matter. It just, no, we can't. It's too great a risk to send our children to school. And the first thing I had to say was, and Steve kind of commented at one point that it's more dangerous for your kid to go to summer band <laughs> than to be in, be in school. And as a former band parent, I can testify to that. And 
South Texas in August because our feel like temperatures are routinely in the 105 to 110 range. Same thing with football <laughs> practice. Oh yeah, and they're football, out there, and, and, and actually, I think not in Texas, but I think it was it was another southern state where there was a death, unfortunately, this August yeah. I, on one of the high school practices, and 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 that happens from time to time. So, but but I again, that's if you're if you're a parent, and, and again, I, we've got to be sensitive. But if you're if you're really out there on the front lines, spending your time trying to shut down the schools and you have a kid, I'm not going to say your your heart's in the wrong place. But if you have a swimming pool in the backyard, your kids five or six times more likely to die from drowning than they are from covid. Uh, The same thing we're riding in a car again. It's 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 because of perspective and emotion. Um, and one thing, Robert, though, to, to keep in mind, though, that, that the uh-huh. one thing isn't so much the children and their, and their exposure, it's that they will go to school, right. be exposed, bring it back to the house, and there may be somebody at risk there, yep. a grandparent, uh, uh, you know, they, they will come in contact oh. with a vulnerable adult. Uh, so, so that might build the case for masks. Um, it's to me, it goes back to, it goes back to vaccination because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're vaccinated, you have less chance. And, and then, and then I'm going to, I'll mention one more thing about it. And then I will, we, we will start to shift because we want to do this obviously mm-hmm. from a faith perspective and talk about it from that. But my, my kind of last, and I'll let Steve, if he wants to have a real quick back on it is, is there are two things that I have discovered. And this is from a training human development standpoint. Number one, anybody that thinks you can flip a switch and turn your teaching into online teaching and it be as effective, particularly at the elementary school level, it does not happen. I pioneered virtual learning at AIG at their call centers and the changes you have to do to your curriculum to make it work, even for adults, is amazing different. And when you're talking elementary school, then you're also, there's the whole conversation too. Does the child have access? Do they have a space? Do they have a device? All of those conversations come into play. The second thing is, and, and I think this is the thing for everybody who keeps screaming about, we have to keep, you know, we've all been vaccinated. We're all wearing masks, but we still have to lock down and keep things down. And, and, I'll go back to something else that sort of is in the news nowadays a little bit as well. If you think about threat terror level orange, has anybody ever seen level orange? Anybody remember seeing level orange? We were we in stayed it for at, quite a while. <laughs> yeah. we, we stayed at level orange from pretty much November, 2001 to 2009, you know, and the problem is the longer you do something, the less lax you are going to be to enforce it. And part of the problem I kept having is the goalposts kept getting moved on staying locked down every time you turned around was you keep doing that. And so what happens if we get a, I'm going to use Ebola just because that's the name everybody knows, an Ebola type disease that kills 50% of the people and you need to implement a lockdown, but you kept a lockdown for so long that everybody just started ignoring it. Because if you think about it, the longer we went, we're in lockdown, 
the more people you saw, you saw breaking things and just doing whatever. That's just human nature. And if you tried to go back and if we ever needed to again, what kind of compliance are you going to get at that point? You know, what happens if COVID becomes a major, somehow the lethality of it changes and now all of a sudden it's going to kill 20% of the people. I, catch. I think, and, and, and maybe getting us, I, I'll just, yeah. I don't know if we can, I think nobody wants to talk about it and I don't want to get political, but I think the, let me put it this way, Robert, the, the hospitalizations in right now in, in Texas, in our area are about as high as yep. they were back then. And no one's talking about this. Yep. And I think, I think you wouldn't get compliance. I think, I, I don't think there's the, there's the wherewithal to send the sheriff out to arrest people going to a restaurant, um, which is what they'd have to do, or they'd yep. have to cite the restaurant from opening. And, and, and we see that they pulled that in Los Angeles during the lockdown. And now, you know, you got a governor being recalled. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> so there's, there's a certain limits you'll have on enforcement. Um, let, let's move on. Oh, yeah, yeah, and that, that's <laughs> where I wanted to do. So when, when, when you're looking at beyond COVID, and this is, I think, mm-hmm. where we really want to talk about mm-hmm. it, because part of man, man up is we want to interact with script, scripture in such a way that it actually helps us, quote unquote, live our lives. You know, if they're, if they're my statement has been from day one for everybody I talk to about scripture is, if I'm going to have this faith walk and believe in the Bible and believe in what God's word says and do the things that God words, God's word talks about, there is no point in me doing it if it does not change your impact, pardon me, anything I'm doing. And so we want to kind of move. So beyond COVID, how, how does God assess risk? risk well, is I, there a way we as christians can say I, I think what's good this is a great men's topic because men i think dare i say it is are naturally more naturally prone to risk good and bad than than women i know from from personal experience um there are far more men who play poker or even table games, but let's say leave it to poker than women. And now I'm not saying there the women are poor players. They have women who men are many women who play poker <laughs> who are great players, but there just are nowhere near as many women who play poker as men. And 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 uh, you know, and and any even gambling is more associated with with men than uh women um nonetheless so and and plus let, let's take it more on a positive side men are more likely to pursue job opportunities more aggressively promotions job changes um they're more more likely to take a risk um than than women women are less risk are are, are more risk averse um so but but i'm not here to discuss that distinction but i'm just saying this is why we're doing it because sometimes sometimes in a church environment you're you're you yet comes into conflict with your christian values um where you uh should i should i be aggressive should i take a chance but we see in the bible to answer your question i think many times god rewards those who are bold enough to take a take a either, and we could call it either a, a risk or a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. And, and I like, cause you, you reference numbers 13, 
numbers 13. So if you could just talk about that super oh, quick. Yeah, that's well, that of course was, and it's a great example for, for those of us who take risks. It, 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 the, the Israelites had an opportunity to get into the promised land literally, you know, maybe within, within a year or within a year or two after leaving, um, leaving Egypt. They, they wander around, they get to Ten Commandments, uh, they, they set up a tabernacle, and they, they win their way up toward the area of Canaan, where, where, where Israel and, and uh, you know, the, that, that Mediterranean coast is, and Moses sends out some spies. Now, check out the terrain. Uh, who's there? So they go out and and they do a fairly good intelligence job and and they f- figure out who the tribes are there. And I can't I can't remember how many how many go. Is is every tribe represented? So do twelve spies go? Um, and they come back and of the of the twelve, t- ten say we we shouldn't do it now. Two, at least two, Joshua, young Joshua, who, who later leads the Israelites into the promised land, is among those who says, we got to go for it. We can do it. Uh, the other, the other, the others say, they, you know, oh, they, they worry that they're, they're the risk averse. They're, they're, they're the, the ones who would not take a chance. And, and apparently I think. God wanted them to go. If, if I understand the scripture, God wanted them to go. And as a result of that hesitancy, of that, of that fear of, of following through, of, of that leap of, we call it a leap of faith even, the Israel spent 40 years in the desert, 40 years yep. wandering. Uh, and so now that's kind of the, the a bad, bad side. We look at, we look at some other characters in the Bible. We look at we look at Ezra, who takes a big risk in approaching the king about the treatment of her people. And she was, you know, a queen, a woman. Um, or Ruth, who says, let's go back to, let's go back to, uh, from Moab back to Israel. I got, I got a cousin there who just might, if he's inclined to follow the rules of his, the laws of his religion, might give us, might give us our family rights there. Yeah, so, he, he might follow the rule of kinship. So, 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 and and it is rewarded, as we find out. We it, it's it's rewarded. So we see cases. We see a lot of examples of of risk, of of risk being being connected with righteous people and risk being rewarded. There are things we have to look at from a risk reward standpoint, where we have to look in way. You know, if I put in X, what will I get back? And there are two ways to measure that. The first one is we call it a return on investment. What monetary, if I put X dollars in, what Y dollars can I expect to get back out of it? And most people think of that as their savings or their things that they're trying to do. And, you know, most people will think about the stock market. It, it's high risk, high reward, low risk, low reward. You don't want any risk, go put your money in bonds. You want high risk? Well, the stock market, baby, and there's some small cap stocks I can recommend to you. The second return is a return on expectation. And this is, I have put in my time and energy into this thing, um, raising my children, Boy Scouts, whatever it is. Both Steve and I had, both of our children were, were in Scouts. And doing those things for our children 
the expectation was that our children would turn out better for being a part of that. Or, you know, return on expectations. One of the, you know, there's a great reward at the end of the day. But if you raise your children in faith, the expectation is that they would adopt the faith and be better people because of their faith walk as they go through both. And so I think it's it's kind of a combination of both. But then there's this other side of things where I think God tells you flat out, don't care what the risk reward is. I'm telling you to do it. Go do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I think we see that in two places. The first, I'm going to read the whole scripture. It's Matthew 25, 14 through 30. For it is if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them, to one he gave five talents and to another two and to another one one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once, traded with them, and made five more talents. He doubled his money. In the same way, the one who had two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. And the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See how I made five more. His master said to him, well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. The one with two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward saying, master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, you wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I do not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and on my return, I would have received what was my, what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with 10 talents. For to all those who have, who have more will be given and they will have an abundance from those who have nothing even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throwing him out in the outer darkness will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then that was most obviously the parable of the talents that we've all heard and read many times. The other one is, is Jesus's calling of the 12 apostles. And I'm going to focus on Matthew specifically because Matthew had, everybody likes to focus on Matthew as, kind of this despised person sitting off in the side and no one would associate with him because he what he was doing. But Jesus basically walked up to him, looked at him and said, follow me. That, that was it. It wasn't a, it was not a hard sell. There wasn't, you know, if you follow me, you're going to get this and get that. And then we're going to walk around and you're going to get to be my right hand guy. And if we're led to believe some things, he wrote a lot of it down as things were going on. You know, and you're going to be published and your your name's <laughs> going to be associated with one of the greatest stories of all time. You know, he didn't tell him any of that. He walked up and said, follow me. Matthew dropped everything and followed him. That is clearly, don't weigh the risk. Look at what God is doing and follow him. You know, kind of things. And I think that is 
part of the pieces that we as Christians need to seriously think about is how do we approach these things from a perspective of now is the time for us to make that leap of faith. You know, not just look at risk and reward, but how do we make a leap of faith with things? And I think the thing is there, you've got to be pretty clear God is speaking to you in things. I think the talents is a great example of standard risk reward look at. And the disciples following Jesus is the, is the end all be all of it. Well, as we go, this is, is, is your, and the pretty much the Bible puts it in these terms. It's, you know, the world or God and we're promised whatever it means everlasting life, which is a huge payoff. We don't, you know, we don't, don't ask me really what it is uh, other than it's everlasting life in the presence of God. So you might mean just uh, the closest thing I can imagine is everything great minus everything crappy. (laughs) I mean, everything, everything, everything that you hate about life is gone, you know, the pain, everything, but it's, it's just being in this, this glory of perfect, of the perfect good, whatever it is. And, and, and sharing in that, um, and I, yeah, it's it's terribly abstract, and and that's one reason it's so hard to. You can't put your well, mind about it. You can put your mind around, you know, driving a Maserati. If we are lucky enough, we never have to push all in. If if you if you're going to take the Bible at its word, um, which essentially wrapped up with the story is the gospel. You know, God rules everything. Uh, believe in God, repent your sins, you're going to ultimately, at some point, your, your physical existence will end, but your spiritual existence will continue. Uh, we're never going to get the moment where a gun is put in our face, and do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in God? Is, is asked. And, it, and to say yes would be basically ending your life right there. Uh, that happened in Columbine, as I, I brought it yeah, up. And, the Christopher Bernard and, story. And, and uh, if, you know, if we are lucky and blessed, we will never have to face that question, but we might. Um, but today, you know, in our everyday life, do we, do we live like we, uh, you know, do, do we at least respect what we believe? <laughs> I think that, I, and, and I think that, I think that is, I think that's kind of the answer is respecting what you believe and realizing that and then this kind of circle back to, you know, going all in for God does not mean ignoring normal processes and procedures mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Are there going to be times when you need to go all in? Yeah, mm-hmm. there are. But those 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 times to go all in are I think are not as common has a lot of, and I'm going to use the word fundamentalist Christians, would have us believe. They want to believe that everything is a all God or all this matter. And I don't think it's that cut and dry. I think there there is an all God matter here. That all God matter is, hey, do you believe in Christ? Do you accept him and do you accept to follow him? I think that's your all in moment. Mm -hmm. I think after that, 
that's when you've got this parable of the talents to follow through, to look at and, and think through, okay, first of all, how would God want me to treat things? And the answer is he wants us to treat things because we've been given much. So much is going to be expected of us to go through and not hide our faith or hide what's going on in life. I think we are hide from life. You know, I think we have to make that decision to move forward. And I think part of that making that decision is making making the risk reward assessment that we started with. You know, to kind of take us back full circle, to come down to that risk reward circle is where it boils down to. And I think you have to look at it through your eyes of faith, you know, as well as the earthly reward that you get from it. The world was created by God. We we do not believe that the world is evil. Biblically, biblically, the world is is part of God's kingdom. Now we, we kind of are in a in a fight for it. As I say, every square inch, I think it was Jesus approached approached everyone, approached everything at street level. Yeah, it, oh, was, it was it was not, you know, <laughs> people say, why didn't he just become his glorious king? No, his his God works at the street level, you know, and his parables are all about everyday stuff. He's <laughs> is so he's, he's well well entrenched in the issues of the day and what what you've got to contend with, even as you try to live this this godly life. Um and I, I Taking this back to COVID, because I know one of the one of the uh, one of the things a lot of maybe fundamentalist Christians say is that well God will protect me. I don't need the vaccine. Uh, I like our, our our friend Michael Cropper, who's on our our regular podcast, says I believe God protects me, but I'm not going to walk out in front of a bus. And <laughs> and likewise, you know God. God is working through all these doctors, these chemists, these pharmacists to, to, to develop these vaccines to, to that, that cure us. This is, this is God at work in our world. Um, we so much want, I mean, maybe we, we're, we're conditioned by the Bible to expect, you know, some kind of giant sign from the sky, but uh, God works through both the church, both his people, and even as we see, not necessarily, not necessarily Christians, but uh, it's, if we truly believe God is active in this world, which which we should, these are the things to consider. Why, you know, it took only a year to get that vaccine out. Now, you know, you can go back and say, well, there was a lot of background work already done, a lot of research. Nonetheless, uh, you know, we we this these may be God's hands. Don't miss the real small signs when you're looking for a big one. <laughs> I guess I'm and, saying, and, and I, I and I think that that's a good message. I really do. As we as we kind of get ready to wrap up as we're moving through, and and I, I want to end it with this: is learn that there are times to go all in when God's telling you to, mm-hmm. but before you go all in when God's telling you to, you might want to make sure God's telling you to, and you're mm-hmm. not paying attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. And learn to assess risk daily. And my, my final statement is, for God's sake, turn off the TV <laughs> and go mm-hmm. research and do some of your own things and do those things, because mm-hmm. that will help you in your risk assessment of daily life as you look at it. And, you know, make sure your faith takes a part of it as you move through. Steve, 
The same thing. Um, watch out for pride. That's that's one of the I'm going to go. I'm going to show the world that I'm going to make a, a, a huge gesture. Uh, don't do it just to go down in flames, because that's <laughs> that's not good. Yeah. Yes. Um, so so, uh, you know, prayer and uh, prayer and learning. And as I go back to saying, they are not mutually exclusive. Absolutely. So I want to thank you for listening. This has been Men Matter, a segment of the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Um, for that, you can always find us on our website at manupspiritualoasis.com. You can also find us wherever you get your podcast, and they're all archived on SoundCloud. Go check out our current YouTube channel. Our first live show on Does Adultery Still Matter is out there. And as our director, Bill Cox, likes to say, we encourage everyone to join a Bible-based church and find a men's group within that church. And if there's not one there for you, we want you to start one because that's where you can have the discussions like this that matter to men. For our producer, Steve Titch, this is Robert Koshy, the professor, with our discussion on risk and reward for Men Matter.